Ephesians chapter number 4. Look with me. We'll begin reading in verse, for sake of time this evening, we'll begin reading in verse number 22. All right? Verse number 22, the Bible says that you put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. And who would have thought that you'd have to tell Christians not to lie? Amen. Go on to verse number 26. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of the edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you're sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer, and then you can be seated for the message from the Word of God this evening. Our dimly fathers, we come to your presence to pray. Lord, I want to thank you for this day. Thank you for your many blessings. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege, the opportunity you've given me to stand and to preach your word this evening, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this place. Thank you, Lord, for this pastor. Thank you, Lord, for these people. Lord, they've been a blessing to me down through the years. Lord, I sure do love them with all my heart. But Lord, I pray that you'd help me this evening, Lord, to preach through, preach thus saith the Lord. Lord, I pray that you put a watch care about my mouth. Help me not to do or say anything that will grieve or quench your Holy Spirit. But Lord, I pray that you'd help me to do and say everything that you won't said and done this evening. Lord, help us not to leave here the same way that we came in, but Lord, help us to leave here being challenged by the Word of God and changed by the Spirit of God. And we'll thank you and we'll praise you for it's in your Son's holy, wonderful, precious name we pray. Amen and amen. You can be seated. Thank you so much for standing. Ephesians chapter number 4. I want to back up and just go real quickly through verse number 17 down through verse number 22. Just lay a little bit of context out for you this evening. Verse number 17 down through verse number 22. We see a complete deliverance there in verse number 17 down through verse number 22. As in verse number 17, he begins to talk about a new life. He said, This I say, therefore... Testifying the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. He begins to talk about this new life. He begins to talk about our former life. In verse number 17, he tells us that we was in darkness. In verse number 19, verse number 17 and 18, he tells us we was in darkness. Verse number 18, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. But then in verse number 19, he begins to tell us that in our former life or our past life, we was depraved. Verse number 19, who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. So we see our past life. We was dark. We was living in darkness. We was depraved. But then we see our present life in verse number 20, as he says in verse number 20, but ye have not so learned Christ, if so be that ye have heard him 
him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. In verse number 20, he talks about the change that should have taken place in our life. As he doesn't link these Ephesian believers to the world or anybody else, but rather he links them to Christ. As he says in verse number 20, but ye have not so learned Christ. He didn't say you haven't learned this one or that one. He said you haven't learned Christ. And what he's telling them is that there should be a change that has taken place. But then in verse number 21 and verse number 22, he gives a challenge in verse number 21 and verse 22 as he says, If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth in Jesus, that ye put off concerning the former conversation which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And then he goes on to say in verse number 24, and that ye put on the new man which is after God created in righteousness and true holiness. So there's a, he talks about the change in verse number 21 or verse number 20 and then he gives a challenge in verse number 21 down through verse number 23 as he says, hey, I want you to know something if you're saved, if you're on your way to heaven, if you're a Christian, if you're striving to be cross-like, then there's some things that I need to challenge you to do. Verse number 21, verse number 22, he begins to talk about the old man in verse number 22. Then he says in verse number 23, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. In verse number 24, he talks about then put on and that you put on the new man, which is after God created in righteousness in true holiness. I want to just give you a brief thought this evening on this simple little thought. It's time to change clothes. Amen. It's time to change clothes. You say, preacher, why are we supposed to change clothes this evening? Because as children of God this evening, we're not supposed to be associated with the world. We're not supposed to be associated with the things of the world. We're supposed to be associated with the things of God. We're supposed to be associated with the things. We're supposed to be associated with Christ. We shouldn't be associated with the country music and the contemporary music and things of this world. We should be associated with Christ. It's time to change clothes. Can I give you four things this evening? And we'll get done and we'll go to the house, alright? Number one this evening, it's time to change our words. Look at verse number 25. The Bible simply says this, Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. You say, preacher, what's it time to change our words about? Well, number one, this deals with our emotions. Here's the thing. When you get angry, guess what you do? You put your tongue in gear and your brain out of gear. But here's the thing this evening, we're all made of this flesh. We all live in this sinful nature, but here's the thing. If we're going to be Christ-like, if we're going to live as God wants us to live, we're going to have to change some things. Now here's the thing, I need you to know this. It's not just a one-time-and-done deal. It's a daily process. 
It's a daily battle. Paul said, I die daily. Why did he say that? Because he realized, you know what? I can't do this on my own, so I'm going to have to die to my flesh. I'm going to have to realize that I'm still in this stuff, and I've got to die to my flesh daily, and I've got to give it to him. We see, he said, it's time to change your word. This deals with our emotions. Verse number 25, we see that it ought to transform our tongue. That means you won't talk like the world. It's a sad thing, and I said it whenever I was reading through it, but it's a sad thing that Paul had to tell Christians not to lie. And we always, we always like to say, well, it's just a little white lie. A lie is still a lie, right? And it doesn't matter if it, well, you know, that lie, it doesn't really hurt nobody. Yeah, it does. It hurts you and it hurts your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Wherefore, putting away lie. Hey, that's one of the things that that old man likes to do. That's one of those things that that old man says, you know what? I like this. I enjoy this. I was talking to a lady the other day at a church and she got saved last Easter on Easter Sunday night. Thank God for churches have Easter, have service on Easter Sunday night, amen? But she got saved that evening and she began to tell me, she said, I love to curse. She said, I loved it. She said, it made me feel good on the inside. She said, but then the next, after I got saved, I went to cuss and I didn't enjoy it like I used to. You know why? Because that old man was struggling against that new man now, and now that new man says, hey, you ain't supposed to do that. Do you know what you hear all the time? I know the Bible talks about lying here in verse number 2 or verse number 25, but here's the thing. It wouldn't surprise me this evening if we have someone in here, and I don't want to get in no trouble this evening, but it wouldn't surprise me this evening if there's somebody in here that hadn't cussed this week. Everybody okay? Because here's the thing. You know why? It's a daily battle. Now here's the thing. You go on into this text and he goes on to say in verse number 29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of thy mouth. And that's part of it. But well, you say, oh preacher, I didn't cuss and I didn't lie this week. Okay, let's talk about that other stuff you said. The new man doesn't want to do those things. But here's the thing. If you're not dying daily, if I'm not dying daily, if I'm not changing clothes daily, here's the thing. You realize that if you don't change clothes every day and take a bath every day, you know what begins to happen? You start stinking. How many of y'all have ever been inside a prison? Y'all know what, you know what it is in prison? It stinks. You can't get the smell out of your nose for a week, feels like. You know why? Because it's like they don't take a bath every day. They don't change clothes every day. But here's the thing. You and I as Christians this evening, we're told to change clothes. We're told to take off the old man and put on the new man. Talks about transforming our tongue. But then only that, verse number 26, the Bible says, Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Not only would it transform our tongue, it would transform our temper. Now, I can tell you one thing. A person that's always flying off the handle, they don't have the new man on. You want to know a surefire way that somebody's not walking in the Spirit? How's their temper? You say, preacher, you're always walking in the Spirit. I try my best to, but every once in a while, that old flesh will rise up. But here's the thing. We're supposed to take off the old man and put on the new man. We're supposed to say, hey, you know what? I understand that I live in this flesh. I understand that I'm, I'm part of this world. But here's the thing. Just because I'm part of this world don't mean I have to act like this world. 
transforms our temper. I wrote this down. Anger kindled by the old man is always sinful, destructive, and devilish. Anger kindled by the Holy Spirit at the sight of some injustice, some great depravity, or some monstrous iniquity is intended to give those who are engaging in the sinful activity reason to fear. Here's the thing. He's not saying you can't be mad. He's saying you've got to get mad at the right things. You know how I can always tell and you can always tell when there's somebody that's just being petty? They get mad over stupid stuff. There's the thing. We ought to get mad about things that's going on in the world. I think it's high time that we as Christians finally stood up and said, you know what, enough's enough. But here's the thing, at the end of the day, if we're, getting, if we're not getting mad over that, if homosexuality doesn't make us mad, if abortion doesn't make us mad, the things that's going on in Washington doesn't make us mad, what is making us mad? Is it our little petty stuff? Well, so-and-so didn't do this. So? Can I get in touch with my inner New Englander for just a moment? Some of y'all, some of us, because I put myself in this category too. Now, I say inner New Englander because New Englanders are very blunt. Okay, so y'all hold on for just a second. Sometimes we just need to grow up. Can we just stop and admit this? It's not really, it really ain't all about you. You go over to Hebrews chapter number 5, I believe it is, and Paul's over there talking, he says, for when you, ha- when you ought to be teachers of the Word of God, you have need that you be taught again, the first order, because you know what he said? He said, you're a bunch of babies. i got to move on. He said, it's a, cha- or a transformed temper. Here's the thing. You can be angry, and you can sin not. Matter of fact, Brother Gravely, I was listening to the podcast coming down the road yesterday. And he even made mention of it. He said, don't go to bed mad. Stay up all night if you have to. Do you know what? You know why we don't get right? It's because we're walking in the old man. The Holy Ghost of God will begin to deal with my heart. Or deal with your heart or deal with my heart. And you know what we'll say? I ain't getting right over that. Your spouse will do something that irritates you. And you'll say, well, they're going to come apologize to me. Y'all know I'm telling it right. Well, I didn't do nothing to them. They ought to be the one to come apologize to me. And the whole time, you know what you're doing? You're walking in the old man. You're walking with those old clothes on. The preacher mentioned it this morning. He said, I don't care if you got new shoes. I don't care if you got new suit, whatever. Here's the thing. I like getting new clothes. Don't y'all? This jacket I got on, I paid $43 for this jacket. I like it. Paid $8 for the tie belt. It was a $55 tie, praise God. And you might not like it, and that's all right. But you know what? I like my new clothes. Now, granted, they're only new. They're three months old now, so they're new to y'all. They're not new to me. You know what? I like new stuff. Do you know what? Every time I, there's some clothes that I have, that you know the only time I pull them out is whenever I'm going to do work. You know why? Because they're old and they're nasty. I mean, they're clean. They don't look the best. They ain't my going to town clothes. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Now, granted, nowadays, the going to town clothes, the standard is way down here. All right? I miss, I was, I, I was raised in the wrong generation, apparently. I like, I, it wouldn't bother me if we went back to the 50s. 
the 30s and the 40s and the 50s whenever the men wore suits and ties to town. And whenever you got on an airplane with somebody, they didn't look like they had just crawled out of bed. Yeah, man. Hey, look like somebody when you go to town. You at least roll out of bed and get your PJs off and to put you some regular clothes on and comb your hair. Amen. And for please look in the mirror before you go out of the door. I said, Brother Matthew, you meddling now. No, here's the thing. We've got to a point where we look more like the world than what they do. You know why our churches are in the shape they're in? Because we're wearing their clothes. We're wearing those old clothes. See, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. In other words, those things that you used to do before you got saved, you ought not be doing them anymore. I got to move on. I, I ain't the pastor here. But here's the thing. If you can still listen to the same music you listened to before you got saved, I was listening to Buster Seaton driving down the road the other day, or yesterday when we was coming home from Virginia, or coming back here from Virginia. I was listening to Buster Seaton driving down the road, and he got to talking about the song, that ACDC song, Highway to Hell. And he got to talking about it, and then uh, he got to talking about another song. But you know what? There is no doubt in my mind this evening, there's probably somebody in here that's sitting in here this evening that can probably tell me lyrics to that song. Why is that? Because we don't all walk in the old, we don't all walk in the new man. We're commanded to. I'm commanded to. You're commanded to. If you can still go do the things you used to do before you got saved, you might want to examine yourself. That's what the book said. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse number 5, I believe it is, he said, examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. Take off the old man and put on the new. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Hey, here's the thing. I like new stuff. And whenever I'm going to meet somebody for the first time, you know what I do, Brother Mark? I put my best clothes on. You know what we're doing every day? We're meeting people for the first time. Can I ask you a question this evening? Do they see new clothes? Or do they see old clothes? We see... It changes, it's time to change clothes. It changes your work. Number two, look at verse number 27. The Bible says, verse number 27, neither give place to the devil. Look at verse, verse number 25. He starts out talking about putting away lying. Speak every man truth to his neighbor. Then he progresses on down. Be angry and sin not. Then verse number 27, you know what he's saying? He said, if you do those first two, you know what's happening? You're giving place to the devil. When you constantly live a lie, when you're constantly doing things that are part of the old man, you know what you're doing? You're giving place to the devil. Changing clothes, it changes your words, but not only that, can I say this? Number two, it changes your whereabouts. This talks about the executive in your life. Who is in charge in your life? Who's in charge in my life? We see in verse number 27, he said, neither give place to the devil. Who are you giving place to? See, the days, that I walk, the days that I wake up and the days that you wake up and we fail to die daily, you know what we're doing? We're walking in that old man. We're putting them old clothes on. And we're not doing it with the intention of going to work like I was talking about. We're just putting them on because that's the easiest thing to do, ain't it? You know, it takes work to have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. 
It takes work to get up early and pray and read your Bible and make sure that you're spending time with Him. It takes work to have a relationship. But newsflash, it takes work to have a relationship with your spouse. If I went two days without talking to my wife, number one, I probably wouldn't be alive. I'm telling you, you think my wife's sweet, all right? Y'all do. My wife's mean sometimes. I'm just kidding. I'm not trying to embarrass my wife. Forgive me for that. Do you know what? If I went two days without talking to her, she'd wonder what was wrong. And we'd have done had to come to Jesus meeting before it ever got to day number two. You know why? Because there's supposed to be fellowship there. There's supposed to be a relationship there. And here's the thing. If we don't have the Lord in the rightful place, if we don't have Him as the executive in our life, if we're giving place to the devil, you know what we're doing? We're out of fellowship. And we're wearing those old clothes. Not only does it change our words, it changes our whereabouts. Go to verse number 28. The Bible says, let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, and that he may give to him that needeth. You said, preacher, what's in there? Well, we see not only does it change our words, it changes our whereabouts, but number three, it changes our work. You take a man that gets saved by the grace of God that was a thief before, you know what? He'll quit stealing. But let me ask you this, how many times have you sat there on the clock down at the workhouse well, preacher, I'm not working for myself. Or preacher, I'm not stealing money. No, but you're not working the whole time you're there. What? You mean I'm supposed to give a full eight hours for an eight-hour day? Whenever I worked a public job, you know what I did? I worked all eight hours. There wasn't no cutting out early. There wasn't no, well, I, you know, I'll just step off over here in the corner where nobody can see me. No. Used to a man give you an honest day's work for an honest day's pay. Now they want half a day. Now they won't give you half a day's work for a full day pay. Can I just say this? We are living in one of the laziest societies I've ever seen. Now, granted, I'm 34 years old. Now I've not seen a lot. I've not been down the road as long as what some of you have. Do you know what I'm seeing? People my age. Let me have it. Give it to me. They're not willing to go work. They get, they get mad at their mom and daddy because their mom and daddy finally wises up and says, no, I'm not giving you no more money. Go work a job. I was scrolling through social media the other day and I saw a news clip come across there from the Dr. Phil show and this girl was on there just a boo-hoo and she was 30-something years old. I mean, just in tears. I mean, beside herself because her mama told her she had to get a job. Are you kidding me? My mom and daddy, whenever I was growing up, they said, boy, you want a cell phone, go get a job. You want a car, go get a job. You know what? I wanted a car and I wanted a cell phone. So you know what I did? I went and got a job. And until the day that I walked off the workforce in a public job to go full-time in the ministry, you know what I had? I had a job. Why? Not because I'm anything special, but because the Bible says if a man will not work, neither should he eat. But he also says that if you don't take care of your family, basically, and I'm paraphrasing, y'all forgive me, but he says you're worse than an infidel. Now here's the thing, I don't want to be thought of, an inf- thought of as an infidel. And I like to eat every once in a while. So you know what? I work a job. Somebody told me the other day, said, man, you're living on Easy Street now. Are you kidding me? They think, I, brother, I don't know where they get this from. They think missionaries live the easy life. 
they think pastors only work a day and a half a week. But you know what? Ministry to me, in my mind, honestly, is harder than my public job sometimes. There are days when I'm like, I'm so tired of dealing with people. Now, I know y'all don't get that way. But here's the thing. He talks about our work. Him, let him that stole still no more. Here's the thing. If you're putting off that old man and you're putting on that new man, you're putting on those new clothes, you know what's going to happen when you go to work? You're going to punch out the time clock and you're not going to stand around and talk for 15 minutes. It's time to go to work. One of the biggest frustrations that I had was whenever I was a manager is people that come in and they clock in, they expect to go right to eat. What? Get here early if you want to eat first. Get here, clock in, go to work. Why? Because I'm not paying you to sit and eat. I'm paying you to work. What happened to a man being willing to get up and go to work in the morning and work till it's done? Provide for his family. Nowadays, we got people running around and they got, they got all this and, you know, you'll see people that's got all this stuff and you're thinking, how in the world do they afford that? It ain't because they're working. But here's the thing. I'd rather not have anything and be right smack dab in the will of God doing exactly what God's called me to do. But here's the thing. I know where God's put us. And if, I, if God said, hey, it's time to be done, you know what I'd do? I'd, I'd go to Mar and get a public job. You know why? Because here's the thing. If I'm going to put off this old man, I'm going to put on this new man, I'm going to work. But even in the ministry, you know what I'm going to do? I'm not just going to give 50%. I'm going to give 100%. I heard Brother Gravely preach Sunday or Friday night there in Virginia talking about being all in. Hey, this ain't just something I'm doing until something better comes along. I'm all in on this thing. And here's the thing. If God shuts the door tomorrow, then so be it. But here's the thing. Until God says, hey, you're done. Guess what? I'm all in on this. And I want to walk in that new man. We see he talks about it's a change in your words. It's a change in your, in your whereabouts, in your work. This deals with your energy. But then in verse number 29 through verse number 32, he talks about it's a change in our ways. Verse number 29, he talks, it, this change of our ways, it deals with the encouragement in our lives. Verse number 29, he talks about grace. And the Greek word here that's translated as corrupt, in verse number 29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of the edifying, of the, that edifying that it may minister grace. And here's that word corrupt there, it literally means bad, rotten, putrid. The word is used to describe decaying animals. Or decaying vegetable matter. Now here's the thing. If we're going to put off this old man. And we're going to put on this new man. It ought not smell like a trash can coming out of our mouths. Whenever people hear us talk down at the gas station. It ought not be a foul smell. Y'all ever got around somebody that it smelled like they ain't brushed their teeth in two weeks? I had a preacher tell me a long time ago, he said, Brother, if anybody ever offers you a piece of gum or a mint, take it. They might be trying to tell you something. You know what I do every time somebody offers me a piece of gum or a mint? I take it. You know what? That's one of my, I don't want people to think I stink. I used to work with this girl down in Ringo. I kid you not, I gave her so many pieces of gum. I gave her so many mints. 
And she said, oh, no, I'm good. And I'm thinking, oh, no, you ain't. Your breath smells like a trash can. It smells worse than that dumpster out there. But here's the thing. Some of us as Christians, are you hearing me this evening? Some of us, we walk into our job on Monday morning, and that's what they smell. You know why? Because our words are not right. Here's the thing. I wrote this down, and I'm, I'll give it to you here in a minute, but there's an acronym talking about THINK. You know, one of the things that it talks about, that K in the letter THINK, it's an acrostic there. You know what that K for is? Is it kind? Here's the thing. It might be necessary, but do you have to say it? Do you really? I mean, here's the thing. I can say, man, that's the ugliest thing i ever seen in my life. Brother Andrew, that is just the ugliest tie I've ever seen in my life. Or I can say, you know what, that looks good on you. I wouldn't wear it, but it looks good on you. I said the same thing, but I'm being a little bit kinder, ain't I? Or you know what the best thing to do? If I don't like his tie, I can grow up, and I can put my big boy britches on, and I can just keep my mouth shut. Because here's the thing. I like Brother Cravely, whenever I first come here, I remember him telling me, y'all don't, some of y'all remember when I first come here, and I'm glad some of you don't. Amen. <laughs> but I still remember my brother Gravely telling me, he said, don't everybody have to know your opinions. And I'll be you ask my wife, I had a lot of them. A lot of them. And here's the thing, I still have a lot of them. But you know what I've learned? Through the help of brother Gravely and the help of the Holy Spirit, <laughs> you know what I've learned? Keep my mouth shut. Don't nobody care what I think. Because here's the thing. At the end of the day, and at the end of the day, me nor you have done anything anywhere near enough for God for anybody to care what we think. This whole mask thing that's going on, it's not as big of a deal around here as it is up yonder. But here's the thing. Up yonder, son, I'm telling you what. Down here, you're the exception if you have one on. Up there, you're the exception if you don't have one on. But you know what? You know what that's allowed. You know what that's done. That's allowed me to form an opinion. You know what I've seen, brother Grab? I've seen Titus. I've seen me and Titus, and I've had to start telling Titus, "Look, don't nobody care what you think." So, brother Gra brother Matthew, he's only seven. I understand that, but if I don't tell him now, whenever he turns seventeen, he's going to think everybody needs to know. Talks about grace. Here's the thing. Can I ask you a question this evening? When people hear you talk, does it minister to them or does it tear them down? You don't have to tell everybody what you're thinking about them. Matter of fact, I'll be honest, I'm glad some people hadn't told me what they're thinking about me. Because I can see some of their looks on their faces whenever I'm preaching and I'm thinking, please don't come talk to me after church. Please don't come talk to me after church. Here's the thing, if, and here's the thing. If you didn't like the preaching this evening, please don't tell me, okay? Tell God. But here's the thing. A lot of times if I've realized this, if I stop and I think, okay, do I have to say this or do I just want to say this? There's been some times, and I don't know about y'all, there's been some times that somebody said something to me and I went to say something and the Holy Spirit of God kicked me and said, you better shut your mouth. Man, I've typed out some real good responses to some Facebook posts and the Holy Spirit say, uh-uh. You know why? Because it's not graceful. 
It's not becoming of a child of God. Can I say something? And preach, I don't want to set my mouth. But here's the thing. Don't nobody care about your opinion. You don't have to post it on Facebook. And for, can I go a step further? You don't have to argue with ever Tom, Dick, and Harry on Facebook either. You know what? Because nobody, you know what you're doing? You're bringing a shame and a reproach upon the name of Christ when you do that. You say, Brother Matthew, have you been guilty of that? I have. And you know what I've had to do? I've had to go back and delete it and apologize. Does it minister grace? This word corrupt, it, I've done mention this, but it means bad, rotten, putrid. The word is used to describe decaying animal or vegetable matter. Whenever you talk, does it make people want what you have? Or does it make people want to run from what you've got? Not only deals with grace, but not only that, verse number 30 and verse number 31, he, taught, he says in verse 30, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. You know what this tells me? We can hurt him. You know how we hurt him? We hurt him with our ways. We hurt him with our words. We hurt him with our work. The word translated grieve there in verse number 30, and I want you all to understand something. I'm not a King James Bible creator. I think you all know that. But the word translated grieve there in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 30 is in the active voice, and it means to cause pain or sorrow. You realize that whenever you talk a certain type of way, you're grieving the very heart of God. See, he said, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you're sealed unto the day of redemption. See, the day that you got saved by the grace of God, the Holy Spirit took up a boat in your heart. He abides with you. He, we sing this song, and he walks to me, and he talks to me. He tells me, I was on. here's the thing, the Holy Spirit of God lives on the inside of you. He lives on the inside of me. And see, sometimes we'll think, well, that ain't hurting nobody. It's hurting God. It's hurting Him. The one that loved us enough to go to a cross and shed His blood and die for your sin and die for my sin is hurting Him. My mom and dad, whenever I was growing up, they used to tell me all the time, especially my dad, he'd say, now this is going to hurt me worse than it hurts you whenever he was fixing to whoop me. Anybody ever been told that? I have. And I'm thinking, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, but... I mean, you're fixing to come after me with an inch and a half thick leather belt. And you're fixing to whoop me all over this place. And it's going to hurt you worse than what it hurts me. Are you kidding me? But you know what? I look back on that now and it's true. But you know what? Even more than it hurts us whenever our children do wrong, it hurts our Heavenly Father when we do wrong. Grieve not the Spirit of God. Not only this changing our ways, it deals with the encouragement of our life, it deals with grace, it deals with this grieve not. But look at verse number 32. He said, Be kind one to another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. You know, I'm glad he doesn't hold that against me. You know, people, you'll say some things to people and you'll hurt people, and you know what they'll do? They'll hold it against you for the rest of your life. But God's not like that. Matter of fact, he even tells us in verse number 32, he said, And be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. You know what this talks about? It talks about that gentleness. 
and be kind. You know what it costs you to be kind to somebody? Absolutely nothing. And you know what? That it may just let them see Christ in me and see Christ in you. See, this world right now, most everybody in this world is scared right now. You know what they're doing? They're looking for something. They're looking for anything that's real. You know what? We've got something that's real. But if we're walking around and our words smell like a trash can or smell like decaying vegetables or animal decaying animal matter, what are they seeing in us? Be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Let me give you this and I'm done. Before you speak, remember this word, think. I got you an acrostic, you ready? Number one, is it true? But if it ain't true, then we ought to keep our mouth shut. That goes back to verse number 25, wherefore putting away lying. Is it true, number two? If it's true, then go to number... Go to H. Is it helpful? Is it going to help them? You know, sometimes you have to rebuke somebody. Sometimes. Can I say this? If you're a member at Bible Baptist Church, it's probably your pastor that should be rebuking you. Not anybody else. But is it helpful? But then he goes on. Not only is it helpful, but if it is helpful, then go on. Is it inspiring? Will it encourage that person to go on? Not only that, is it necessary? And that letter K, is it kind? Can I ask you a question this evening? What clothes are you wearing this evening? 